Hello and welcome to episode one of the Rock Quality Itself podcast. My name's Joanne and this month I'll be joined by Ross as we talk about albums from June that we really enjoyed. As we're going to discuss a bit more, uh, the Ghost Inside inclusion this month was a bit of a sticking point, but we decided to cover it. It's a difficult topic, but I feel like we addressed it as best as we could. And saying that, if anybody wants to skip, there will be links to the timestamps below. But yeah, I hope the rest of the albums were a bit of release from this one. If you want to support us further, we've got links to our social media below as well. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll be back next month as well. Cheers! So the first album we're going to look at is the probably the most awkward album of this whole month, if not the full year. Uh, <laughs> the Ghost Inside's fifth album, the LA Metalcore Band, who... <laughs> okay, backstory for anybody that isn't aware... The band were involved in a bus crash in 2015 and it killed two people and caused their drummer to lose a leg and for the band to be completely unsure of their future. And this is the first album since then. Uh, if that wasn't enough of an exciting ordeal. The day after they released the album, tweets from the bassist Jim Riley got found from, what, five years ago that were racist and there's been previous <laughs> allegations of just horribleness from yeah. him. So that was a bit awkward considering they just posted about, you know, Black Lives Matter and yeah, um, the band have not looked good after this, to put it mildly. Obviously their bassist got fired from the band after a few days and essentially the album has been dropped from pretty much every music outlet, which is odd because I'm assuming that this album probably would have been a comeback. I haven't really, I've not been able to listen to it much, to be honest. I hadn't listened to it until all this happened and then... Once I heard that this had happened, it was just like, ugh, I can't. But I know that I know that you listened to it, so that's kind of yep. how we're talking about it here. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to separate kind of the art from the artist here. I know that it's hard to do that, especially with what everything's going on. But yeah, this is yeah. The, this is done like a common theme with me because it happened with Lorna Shore as well, where their vocalist got like right before the album came out, got dropped because of sexual harassment, and it was just like, for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> I, I assume. Like with that album, they never really got much coverage off that, did they? No, and it was a shame because it was a great one. But yeah, but the people doing bad things <laughs> kind of happens. Yeah, but yeah, so we're like, I'm probably I'm going to take like a backseat on this one just because I haven't gave it the time. I've not been able to, so mm. I'll just like hand it over to Ross because I know I know you listened to it. I know I think from what I remember, you quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I have given it like a a few listens so far, and like with albums like this, I would normally like, before I review them, I'd listen to them like eight times. But I think just because yeah. of like lockdown, is just like motivation and stuff like that, and I'm back to work as well. So I've only had like an actual few listens, but every time I do listen to it, I seem to find something else I do like about it because they seem to like mix in like a few genres into like sort of each song to sort of keep it fresh. Yeah, because obviously metalcore is one of those kind of genres that if not done right like after the first few songs you're just kind of sick of it yeah um and they just, if like bands like parkway drive have kind of like perfected the formula at this point where they can just make the whole album just amazing but it's not like an album of the year or anything but there's definitely like a few tracks worth definitely checking out for like different reasons even before we came on i listened to as the final tracks called aftermath which yeah. is one of those ones i didn't really notice the first time but after a few listens i'm like oh this is actually really freaking good it weirdly starts sounding like blink 182 at the end that's weird because it's like a heavy blink and then what keeps coming back into my head there's like a lyric in it they repeat a lot which is whatever happened to my happy ending and i just keep going back to like avril lavigne in a weird kind of moment 
but it's just like a proper like it's got one of those like fist pumping moments just like at the end where just they just blast into it and it's you know just that way you just get up and want to do anything like yeah i just I love tracks like that i've just realized that aftermath the one you're talking about was the mm-hmm. first single they'd released off the album obviously before it got oh. released so i've I have heard it, but I don't, I can't say I remember it, really. They released that and Pressure Point as their two singles before the album. And yeah, I remember point. like listening to it and thinking it was, you know, decent. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, by the time all this happened, I was kind of like just done with them. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think they've always had a kind of unique, well, kind of unique part in the metalcore scene. Like, they've always kind of been held up like above kind of the generic, like, just out of date and 10 years old but the ghost inside always seemed to be kind of keep going mm. even though they were been in like hiatus for practically five years people were always kind of invested in them and mm. wanted them to come back and wanted them to <laughs> do something yeah they're like so, one, they have like one of those gateway bands that kind of like younger people get into to get into more sort of like heavier metal yeah know? so like again i haven't listened to it so i really kind of ask what do you think about the album Generally, it's really good. I mean, one yeah. of those ones I feel like if I'm doing something, I don't know, something, even if I'm like writing for something else, I could stick it on in the background and just like enjoy it and just kind of chill out to it, yeah. even with as heavy as it is. It's even, it mixes in some hardcore at some points, like that song Pressure Point you were talking about. Yeah. This is one of the sort of harsher ones and it's got like a breakdown at the end. It's, I actually did remind me a little bit of Knocked Loose. But, yeah, uh, nice. Like if, if they play it live, I can see guys spin kicking in like the mosh pit and all that, definitely. Yeah. To me, at least from the people that I know that like the band, have always been kind of described as like a kind of uplifting band like they yeah, have definitely. even though they're like a metalcore band they have that kind of like unifying lyrics almost like you know kill switch engage or yeah yeah like after the aftermath song did have a more nice kind of sort of like i don't want to say emo but you know what yeah. i mean like that kind of that kind of like that emo mentality of we're all in this together kind of thing yeah because that happy ending thing it, is, it does kind of <laughs> yeah. sound kind of emo without getting emo yeah I if this you know if this hadn't happened i feel like the whole narrative about this album would be completely different it would be of that kind of oh we're back and we're all in this together we've mm-hmm. went through a lot but it's yeah. just odd like how it doesn't really mean anything now like i can't i can't even go back to it and reassess it mm-hmm. yeah it's a, a bit of a downer but <laughs> yeah i had to start with that one just because quite no, frankly that, just yeah. wanted to get it out of the way and then we could kind of move on to something a bit more well, I would say light-hearted, but if the next one we're doing is going to be the Exhumed Gruesome split. I don't know how much right. that's against. Um, so yeah, Exhumed and Gruesome have released Twisted Horror, which is split on Relapse Records. Was it three tracks from Exhumed and two from Gruesome? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hand this over to Ross again because this is his pick. You'll probably mm-hmm. see why in a minute. I know really this is like the one I have like the most to say about and it's like yeah. a 19 minute EP and the shortest thing here. So the thing that kind of connects them together is the vocalist which is Matt Harvey because he's like the vocalist for both bands so obviously I think just I don't know if it's because of like the COVID um, he's maybe not had a chance to do like a full studio album so he's just kind of sticking work between the two albums and an EP yeah. just to kind of keep the fans happy because I think yeah Gruesome's last album came out in 2018 and yeah. Ex- Exhumed had Horror last year which was one of, I think that was I did put that in my top 20 albums of the year I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I remember you really liking that one. Yeah, I uh, I and that's that one. probably why you kind of followed up with that band more generally. Yeah, exactly. And I know I probably go on about it in like every single review that I've done on the page, but obviously I'm a big horror fan, and anytime there's like horror and metal, I'm just like right there, just ready to kind of yeah. hear it. Take it this split is horror themed as well. Like, oh, you definitely. Know, just like two death metal bands get I mean, together to do. Well, you, do they cover each other's songs, or is it brand new songs? Uh, for what I can tell, they're brand new songs, unless it's from right. like death metal bands I've never heard of. But um, yeah, even looking at the title tracks, you can tell like there's rot your brain and dead, yeah. dead or deadest. <laughs> so yeah, they're definitely not like being subtle about it. But I kind yeah. of love it. I mean, just typical death metal, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, Nineteen minute long five track album. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I said, like I said about Exhumed, like I used to think it was like the sort of cheesy eighties, like sort of horror music, whereas Exhumed are like one of those band movies as well, like too much gore. Yeah. And it's kind of the case here because I think the three tracks that they have add up to about probably about nine, ten minutes of runtime. Yeah. Um, but it's the same with like their horror album where it's just like just completely fast paced, just keep raging through it. And it feels like like they're all done in no time at all. Especially like Buried to Die and that they just have like these ripping solos, frenetic drums, just everything is just speed metal just going right through it. Um, mixed in that horror. What Your Brain was a bit surprised as well because that's like a four minute track and literally every track in the last album was between like a minute and two minutes so yeah. having a I guess you could call it a longer track was kind of strange but they did it well. Is that uh, Exhumed? Or that's gruesome? Exhumed, sorry. Yeah. Every track so, I'm talking about just now is Exhumed because right. I'll, I'll, I'll get into Gruesome in a sec. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I would recommend essentially just from this whole EP I would just recommend all the Exhumed tracks. There's only three of them but they're all worth checking out and hopefully we'll get other- <laughs> yeah on the other hand so gruesome are kind of a weird case because they were recommended to me i think like last year from our friend nathan yeah. um because i'm a big fan of chuck schuldiner's death you know one of the best old school death metal bands um and gruesome's essentially i don't want to say a copy because they're not a copy but they essentially just try to like replicate the sound and kind of come up with their own music yeah but, but i tried to get i think it was the, the last album twisted prayers i tried to get into but halfway through i just kind of gave up because it just sounded like they were just doing the sound without doing like their own thing like just yeah. actually trying to copy it and i hope they're not like maybe they've got other albums that are great but um this album didn't it didn't really help on this album as well because their two tracks on here do come after the exhume tracks yeah. and they're, they're like much they're like kind of a lot more slower pace they might they might be fine on their own but after the exhume tracks they just feel like a sort of come down and it kind of ruins the ep a little bit to the point where like i kind of just want to turn this off and go listen yeah. to exhume for a bit it's um, a bit weird that they put like slower tracks on a you know a death metal split like, it's not it's not really slow like for death metal standards yeah. it's probably standard but compared to exhumed it feels like yeah. which is weird so it kind of just feels like a full sort of stop the second track's a little better than the first one. I didn't actually write down the names I'm a dafty. The I second mean, they'll one just, they'll was, just be called, called, like, you know, be something <laughs> mad anyway. Yeah, I only wrote down the Exhum tracks because they were the ones I like. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but it's still worth checking out, I'd say, for the Exhum stuff because Exhum are awesome. Like, I, I don't know why I've still not listened to their older stuff. I really need to, especially after this. But if you liked horror, then you'll love this. But the Grissom tracks are okay. They're just misplaced here and kind of a downer after the first three great tracks. Yeah, it sounds like it's, it's like when you see a really good support band and then the actual main band isn't as good and you're just kind of like, oh, like yeah. it's still good but that support band was really good don't know if that's ever happened to me but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's probably I think it has happened to me but like that's that's another another story there so yeah that's Exhumed and Gruesome Twisted Horror 
onto one of my picks. I don't know if you've listened to it. It's um, Dream Squasher. I know, it's a stupid name, right? But the band's called Sixteen, as in the numbers one, six, and some brackets sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like if you type in one, six, you'll get it on Spotify, but they are also known as dash bracket one, six, bracket dash. Uh, this one was also released, actually, all three of these albums so far have been were released on the 5th of June. This one's a bit different. We've got a... Uh, Basically like an LA sludge metal band. If you think of bands like I Hate Gods, Crowbar, Acid Bath, even Down. Mm-hmm. Uh, very kind of grimy, bluesy, Louisiana sludge scene that was prominent in the 90s. I've heard some people call it as a heroin doom. <laughs> you know, it's not hard to see why. It just sounds dirty. It's like Alice in Chains, but more S- disgusting somehow. It sounds like Blackstone Cherry on Acid. Oh, like an evil version of Blackstone Cherry, <laughs> like crawling up from the sewer on heroin. Um, <laughs> I'm just look, I'm looking at the track list and I see there's a song called Summer of 96. Is that like a weird cover or like a reference? No. To like Brian Adams? No. <laughs> I wish though. That would be that would be so funny. Yeah. No, it's sort of, um, completely different. It's just a brand new song. It's actually a really good track though. Got notes on it here. Yeah. But I'll go back to the other stuff actually. So basically, uh, yeah, the kind of really dirty, low, abrasive like guitar tone that kind of reminds me of bands like Melvin's, mm-hmm. uh, but with the kind of guttural vocal style of this vocalist. I don't have his name here, but uh, it's like kind of bluesy, but really dirty. Like I say, it's like Delta Blues, but growled by some mad man that's literally just kind of risen up from the dead. Uh, Lovely. Yeah, um, but it's, it's weird though because even though it sounds so like dark and low, it kind of sounds warm as well. That bluesy kind of feel to it and songs like Sadlands, which has like organ playing and mm-hmm. like wah guitar and stuff and it like just has this like kind of classic 70s sound. That's just It's called Sadlands but it's joyful and then there's a track called Agora later on that sounds like The Wizard by Black Sabbath. It's like nice it literally has pretty much almost the same harmonica if you hear the wizard you know what i'm talking about but mm-hmm. it makes me think that they've not copied it but it definitely pays homage to black sabbath and you can hear that quite commonly throughout this album you would maybe like this one there's a song called acid tongue which mm-hmm. is like electric wizard with a kind of hardcore edge mm-hmm. it's like totally disgusting but so good other kind of songs I've got Summer of 96 I keep saying that now Summer of 69 <laughs> uh, I kind of want to hear that now but, uh, Summer of 96 is obviously about Summer 96 but I don't know what kind of summers they were having but yeah just another, another like really doomy stomping song but it's got a catchy vocal line kind of like the I don't know what number it is but there's a song called Me and the Dog Die Together Aww. I know yeah but that's <laughs> actually a, one of the kind of catchier songs on here alongside Summer of 96 so yeah this is like a 10, 10 song album of just sludgy metal but there's still like enough to keep me interested in it because sometimes sludge metal can just be totally oppressive and too sludgy but mm. this is like getting off variation with the organ and the kind of melodies just to keep me interested I think if you're into any of the kind of bands you know I Hate God Crowbar even Acid Bath mm-hmm. I think you would dig this it's really good like I had no idea about this band until listening to this album but I definitely like want to go back and listen to the other stuff so when you said the hardcore electric wizards I've just got like this image of like guys with like doobies chilling out and then suddenly just run into a bosh pit and just fling them about the place. Yeah, pretty much. That's Dream Squasher by 16. 
we've gone to it's another one of your picks uh, oh. another band that I hadn't heard of until you put it in here Galdron <laughs> with Effigy of Nightmares yeah it's one I, one I hadn't heard of either to be honest it's just one of those ones like every time we look for releases I, like if there's a couple of like more well known ones like Ghost Inside and Exhumed I usually like to find like a more obscure one to try and talk yeah. about and obviously the releases this month or last month have been a bit well not great <laughs> there's yeah. not a lot to choose from not a lot of choice yeah but the name definitely drew me to this one like Effigy of Nightmares obviously <laughs> and then I yeah. saw the I saw the album cover which is kind of like a nightmarish Super Mario 64 level so I was like yeah this looks pretty yeah. good I mean I kind of assumed that it was going to be a black or death metal album anyway because it was your pick but when I did <laughs> see the kind of the album cover I was like yeah definitely it's going to be extreme metal of some kind I didn't listen to all of this I gave it like a quick you know a couple of songs a quick listen like but the I was surprised by the first song mm-hmm. that was kind of cam piano playing at the start um, and yeah, there's Gates of Hospice. I think that's just yeah. more of like a sort of intro track, which yeah. is weird. Which is weird because it's like a the whole album's only like thirty minutes, like exactly. But there's like two, or there's like two sort of like instrumental tracks, yeah. so you only really get like twenty five minutes worth of like sort of proper tracks if you want to call them that. I did like Gates of Hospice, and like um, I, I know I keep going back to video games, but I did get like a sort of like a Silent Hill flashback with a like, piano playing, which yeah. anyone that's played those games, you know, the kind of psychological horror that comes with that. So. That's always fun. It's just like not what you kind of really expect when you listen to... It's a black metal album right? <laughs> Technically, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's kind of like when you get like folk black metal, where it's got like that kind of sort of black yeah. metal bass, but then they add stuff on top of it. It's kind of the same as that. Yeah. So you get like your black metal vocals, your black metal instruments, but then they also add in like sort of pianos and organs and a bit of melody here and there just to kind of yeah. break it up a little bit. And uh, normally you wouldn't get like a piano track like that at the start of an album. Usually you would get a kind of heavy one to start with, and then it would maybe be later on that you'll get the piano track, whereas with that one it was a piano track. So yeah. when I... When <laughs> I first played it I was like I still don't know what kind of band this is and then obviously once it got to like the second track I was like okay it's a black mm. metal band or whatever does <laughs> um, even like the first track which I'm, I think I'm saying this right is exsanguination tunnels I still don't know what that word means so yeah. I probably should look it up um, but yeah it basically just gives you the idea of like what the whole sort of album's going to be like so it starts off with that fast paced black metal with like the growling vocals um, and then they add in like the orchestral backing and it's I don't know it almost sounds like Phantom of the Opera yeah. like I just imagine just someone like playing this in like a spooky mansion with like black metal <laughs> makeup in there and there's even a bit of, like there's even a bit with like galloping bass and obviously i always go back to iron maiden because me but it does actually sound like that for a good bit of it, it does have like a nice sort of horror feel as well about an atmosphere so anyone that's looking for that is basically what the whole album's like um track after that as well it's uh red i think i'm saying it right red burning candles of hatred which is a pretty <laughs> good title it's pretty much the same less although less sort of melody and more just sort of aggressive sort of riffing and solos and things like that more for a live crowd to kind of get them going but yeah basically the whole kind of albums like that like like i said there's one more instrumental which is uh serpentine blood holes um which at, at the guitar at the start i just love you know that way they just like someone just plays a guitar and it just hits you like right in the heart yeah <laughs> it's kind of like that it was it's a kind of like belo- like kind of melodic like, yeah exactly yeah. like that sort of dark melody but it yeah. starts off like that then sort of hits us with synths and sounds more like sort of like an 80s horror movie so it's got a lot going on <laughs> yeah I was going to say um, how does this compare to kind of other black metal albums that you've listened to this year I don't know I feel like I'm still sort of learning like I'm starting to enjoy like, 
like uh, like the sort of black metal with folk music more, you know, bands like Soar yeah. and uh, who was the last month? Sojourner, you know, bands like that. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Sort of just layer tons of stuff on top of it just to make it amazing. But because um, yeah. I'm starting to go off like sort of pure black metal, like Mayhem, I mean, they're fine, but they're kind of boring. But any anything you can sort of throw in something that's a bit sort of unique and give it a unique sound is always yeah. good. And this is that's, basically the same. That's basically the thing that gets me with black metal, like, you know, second wave black metal just sounds mm-hmm. so. I know it's meant to sound this way, but so lo-fi that yeah. it's practically unlistenable. That's how like the kind of modern black metal stuff that I like, you know, like Behemoth, uh, Sour. Not that many, to be honest, but you know, Wolves like kind of Wolves in the Throne Room, like atmospheric stuff. It's just got a really like a better production kind of value to it and sense of melody. So I probably would like this. I just need to go I do need to go back to it. How do you rate this album? Uh, well, again, it's not like not like album of the year or anything like that. But yeah. Again, I can't really say anything like bad about it. Like it's only thirty minutes; it's pretty short, and everything you get feels like it should be there. I mean, I, w- I would have actually, I would have been fine if they included like maybe one or two more tracks just to make yeah. it a bit longer. But as it is, it's still pretty fine the way it is, to be honest. Yeah, that's something that I'm going to mention with an album later on. Oh, I think I know which one. Yeah, it's not the next one anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is that what one you thought it was? Mm. Uh, okay, no. <laughs> so next one, obviously my pick because it is mm. Newfound Glory. Um, oh. The album's called uh, Forever and Ever X Infinity. I don't know whether you're supposed to pronounce it X, but yeah, Forever and Ever Infinity. It's the 10th album from the Florida Pop Punk Godfathers, which at this point they could practically be Pop Punk Grandfathers. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you haven't listened to this. <laughs> No, I haven't listened to your finger uh, since whatever their big famous song was like 15 years ago. <laughs> right, so yeah, this is going to be another one for me. Um, <laughs> like, Newfound Glory for me have been one of the kind of standout pop punk bands, like, you know, bands like Blink 182, up until the last album, we're doing all right, but you know, who else? Good Charlotte have had a ropey past couple of years. Uh, Green Day, uh, um, <laughs> Some point one I've done okay as well, but Newfound Glory have been the one that stuck at what they've done, really. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't went in wild directions, haven't tried to do a pop album or some kind of that bloody blank album that's just produced John Feldman effect. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Like the only the only real album I can say that they didn't do so well in was the last one, which is called Makes Me Sick in 2017, which they kind of went in a kind of softer, kind of pop rock direction. I don't think it really made an impact and to be honest, I probably didn't even listen to the full thing because it just was not what I wanted from them. Uh, the one, the album before that, Resurrection, was at the time probably one of my favourite albums of the year, which would have been in 2014 or 15. I know that like a, just a really good hardcore meets pop punk easy core type album like if you like A Day to Remember even like Four Years Strong you would maybe have liked that so going into this one it was my expectations were a bit low because I don't think they're going to make anything too remarkable but mm-hmm. they released a couple of singles one of them was called Shook by Your Shaved Head <laughs> it kind of gave an indication of what they were going on like going to do this time whereas the last album was just kind of sounded a bit old Mm. This one is like as if they've kind of just gone back to what they are good at, which is just writing really kind of breezy, fun, pop punk, catchy songs. And it's kind of impressive how young they still sound. Like they're all, they all must be in their 40s, if not 
approaching their 40s and they don't sound embarrassing like some other bands would you know good charlotte still writing <laughs> songs about high school when they're like 40 it's uh and yeah <laughs> it's not something you want to listen to and it's not too fun but yeah like there's more good songs on this than bad i wouldn't say there's there's not really any bad songs on it to be honest there's mm-hmm. quite a few really catchy ones you've got obviously um shook by your shaped head which the, the title's daft but it's a actually a catchy song you've got uh greatest of all time which kind of sounds a bit like skiba era blink 182 in the verses so does uh stay a while same side splitters is another kind of blink song but it's very fast which Again, I like. There's, I've just written out all the songs. I'm just like losing track. No, I was gonna say, I was just looking at it like on Spotify. That's a lot of tracks. That's like yeah, fifteen. Because like looking, like I had the same issue with. I think it was the last Blink album that came out, which you well, you didn't advise I should listen to it. But I decided, fuck, <laughs> screw it, I'll listen yeah. to it. But it was like kind of like the musical equivalent of like popcorn, where it's like, ah, oh, it's fine, I'm eating it, but there's so much stuff that's just like not landing. Yeah. But, so um, it's the same issue in this album with like maybe too many tracks or. Um, not really. Like, there is a few songs that I could do without. Like, I mean, pop punk bands are never too good at doing the whole like acoustic slower mm-hmm. song, and there is a couple of those on here. I think it's uh, more and more. Yeah, more and more, and the final song, Slipping Away. I mean, they're fine. They're not embarrassing. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of like, oh, it's a pop-punk band doing a soft song. Very kind of over-sentimental, very cheesy. But again, mm-hmm. that's what you get in a pop-punk album. But when, when you want cheesy pop-punk, you want just fun, energetic pop-punk, not love songs that are just really kind of cringy. The actual like more and more is okay. It's kind of similar to the softer songs on Coming Home, which was another album where they went kind of like alt rock direction. The last one is again it's not terrible, but it goes on for way too long. Pretty sure that one's like six minutes long, which for pop punk bands, no. <laughs> like the first half is like the kind of acoustic, almost like Sunny from Sticks of Stones. I know you would be familiar with it, but it's another kind of softer song about kind of loss and stuff. This one's obviously more kind of melancholic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it kind of goes for way too long. It kind of tries to do something quite good at the end. It kind of builds and has that kind of like lighter in the air kind of sing along moment towards the end. But it takes far too long to get to it. Like they could have just made it a three minute song and it would have been it would have been better. I try to think. There's another kind of yikes moment <laughs> on the <laughs> album. It's um, the song's called Trophy and it's about somebody's somebody being a trophy. As in the line says you're my trophy I hope I didn't objectify you you make me feel like a winner when I'm standing by you Um, (laughs) yeah I mean lyrics like that you could have got away with that in the early 2000s but um, yeah I don't know (laughs) yeah I mean they come on they're like they're like 40 and they're clearly aware I hope I didn't objectify you well I mean you clearly did um, <laughs> it's just it's pretty dumb like it's annoying because the song's actually really catchy and it's probably one of the better tracks here but that that lyric every time I hear it I'm just like oh uh, it just makes you feel kind of disgusting it's just uh, mm. why why would you even think <laughs> of doing that it's not it's not the worst thing I've ever heard but come on you can do better than writing something like that and the rest of the <laughs> song probably isn't that great but like lyrically but that's the main one that makes me go Ooh. 
You've got, like uh, a trap. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like you can imagine that playing like a new metal song in the nineties. Just you know, <laughs> yep. pop punk's never had a great reputation for you know treating women well, but yeah, classiness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you'll appreciate this song title. Uh, scarier than Jason Verheers at a campfire. Verheers. Verheers. Sorry. Verheers. Oh, Clearly, the... I'm really familiar with horror. Um, geeky soul just coming out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's another, like, it has another big chorus, but oddly enough, like, the verses make me think of, remember at school when you used to have those, like, odd kind of country songs that you, they would play at discos? Yeah. Like, Hot Night Joe. Um, <laughs> the, the vocalist Jordan, like, his voice there makes it sound like one of those songs. Like, it's got a kind of twang to it. It's odd. Like once I noticed it, the kind of second time I listened to it, it's not it's not stopped in my head. So it's good, but the bloody verses just make me think of like, where did you come from? Uh, <laughs> I can hear that now. Yeah, um, but no, like as a whole, I actually enjoyed this. Like you say with previous albums, it's not like mm-hmm. well, I say it's not top twenty of the year, but knowing me, it probably will be yeah. just because <laughs> this year has been very yeah there's, um, yeah. there's nothing, and also it's just a fun album. Like it's been a while since I've had an album that I've just went that I could put on and go and just you know enjoy it for being kind of a bit light-hearted everything most albums just seem to be really depressing now mm-hmm. so yeah it's got like this kind of nostalgia for early newfound glory that's really just refreshing like the songs definitely aren't as good as the ones on resurrection like that's definitely one of my favorite newfound glory albums by some distance mm-hmm. but yeah like if you like pop punk stick this on because newfound glory are still one of the best and I imagine that most of these songs will be really good live there's some heavy moments uh newfound glory have always been good at kind of integrating hardcore with pop punk yeah like just give us a listen we'll be on to Lamb of God which here we go <laughs> here we go the big one I think that's right I don't actually know what you think of this one because really uh, well I, I kind of I've kind of guessed by now but maybe not what you, you know, think like both when we were both approaching this I think I kind of assumed that you would like this more than me but I don't know how much that's going to be ah, the case okay. so yeah this is the 10th or 8th album by lamb of gods depending on whether you count burn the priest as lamb of gods i would say that it's eighth but some people out there have been saying it's 10th it's, yeah it's up, it's up the eight. last album was literally called seven as well so that probably helps <laughs> yeah i would say i would say eight, but burn the priest's ep is oddly enough on lamb of gods spotify i suppose Anyway, this is the first album from Lamb of God since 2015's Sturm und the Drang, which yep. I don't know what you, I don't actually know what you think of that album. Well, actually, I think of that album the same way I think of this one, but I don't know if you want me to wait until yeah. we properly go into it. <laughs> uh, okay, I would just set this up a wee bit more. Uh, it's also the first album without Chris Adler. Um, oh, yeah. Did you forget about that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how um, we'll get into that as well, but yeah, Chris Adler's been pretty crucial to the Lamb of God sound, I would say. Like, when mm. you hear his drumming throughout their whole career, it's just one of those drummers that you can recognise as being him. He's got a unique sense of playing, so when he left, a lot of people were going, hmm, I don't know whether this band can be the same. They Obviously, they got in Art Cruz, who's known for playing with bands like Winds of Plague and wrong amongst others but yeah to be honest i think his absence is 
it's not completely obvious. Like, if somebody said, mm-hmm. oh, this is Lamb of God, I don't think it would be instantly recognisable that he isn't in the band. But, you know, the yeah. more you listen out for it, you go, okay, you can tell that he isn't in the band anymore. Mm. So, yeah, we'll get started on this one. First track is Memento Mori, which uh, I'm pretty sure you like. Yeah, uh, I do uh, love this one, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's kind of similar to what, you know, Sturm, Sturm und Drang was kind of like, I would say Lamb of God kind of trying to experiment a little bit, kind of going outside of the box. Momentum Mori kind of continues that, kind of starts with like a ominous, odd kind of echoing noises and children whispering. Like, it's hard to describe. Mm. Uh, I would say it's kind of like Nick Cave or something. It's very slow, very not Lamb of God. Like, that does work. It does work well as an intro. It's got kind of like, like I can picture it being like the sort of like the way their sort of live set will open, like um, like the stage will go dark and then that ominous sound will play, and then when the band actually kicks in, that's when the lights will go on. So I think it's going to work in that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, it kind of for me it goes on a bit too long. Like um, it's like a solid minute and a half that that kind of builds. I, I wouldn't even say builds; it just kind of goes until obviously you've got the kind of more normal Lama God sound when Randy screams, <laughs> "Wake yeah. up!" or something. It's definitely like an interesting thing that they do, but for me, I kind of wish that they did something a bit more with it, like, you know, develop it a bit more or make it come back later on. Like, it does kind of come back later, but it just goes quiet and it comes back later instead of recurring throughout the song. Or mm-hmm. it's just odd. Like, usually with a Lamb of God's album, you kind of want that initial heavy song to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's probably where our opinions differ on this track, because I think that the instrumental section would have been better even maybe at the end of the album um yeah i just it's an odd choice for me like it's interesting but it's a good uh, sing-along one this one that's gonna like get stuck in people's heads and just have them sing along like i can like hear it in my head like right now yeah. like the wake up wake up man. but it's yeah, gonna like, be a good... once, it, once it kicks in it's just like mm-hmm. a kind of solid lamb of god song i just almost wish that that first part was separate from the main song because the the second part is really you know kicking you in the face which yeah. it just almost like the two parts don't really go together that well if they're just gonna integrate them a bit more anyway i think we probably both agree with checkmate ah uh, yeah checkmate's a weird one man yeah like that's i think that was the first yeah it was, was the first, first single, single yeah yeah um which is confusing at, yeah i mean at the time i thought it was okay but the more that i've listened to it oof. it's i kind of another move into something new from them like they kind of go in like to start with this kind of bluesy lead lick mm. that kind of reminds me of like walk with me in hell just that kind of groovy almost like slower bluesy like lead guitar for me i thought it sounded exactly it sounded a bit too familiar to the beginning yeah. of the track ghost walking from resolution like it was I, think that's almost the song I think that's the song i'm thinking of yeah <laughs> see that's my problem with lamb of god <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it feels very familiar which is mm. i mean some people that'll be a really good thing they'll be like yeah it's more lamb of god but like when you literally think it sounds exactly like another song albeit with the wrong title i'll obviously mention this a bit later on but it's kind of like lamb of god by numbers to me mm. Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's, it's not even got like a like a kind of hook to kind of big bring you in. There's no like sort of big catchy chorus. There's not yeah. like any sort of major like instrumental section. It's just kind of all there. You know, like the first time I yeah. heard it, I actually said like, "Was that it?" And I thought it might grow on me, like the catastrophist yeah. did with Trivium, but it just never did. Yeah. Um what the thing with this song is it would maybe be redeemed if the lyrics were any good 
I don't mind them. I, I like the political nature because obviously they're going after America, which is pretty screwed up nowadays. But I don't know. Yeah. I think we kind of dislike the song for different reasons. For me, oh, it's, I, I can't get I can't get on board with the lyrics of this song at all. Like the sentiment, yeah, but like having lyrics like "All Hail the Money Gods" and <laughs> "The American Scream," it's just a bit. I mean, Randy is an intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. Like just hearing him kind of being so ham-fisted, like basically like you know orange guy bad like <laughs> i'm pretty sure if he put more effort in he could have i don't know if it's him that wrote it but how he's delivering the songs and they just sound a bit like come on you can, yes. you can do better than this like i, I feel like i feel like uh the eye that murder might have stolen a bit of his thunder because a lot of the lyrics sound like they could have came from something like lamagon yeah i mean i've never had the like pure cringe like romance at the Art's murder though like with this song i think it's because it is so familiar and almost Mm-hmm. basic you just hear the american scream over and over again and it's just <sighs> yeah like, doesn't it, it doesn't that's also like a nice nine kill song as well which obviously yeah. probably doesn't help you oh uh, <laughs> i wouldn't even know but it, it just sounds like the sort of thing that they would they would write and think it was clever um uh i just i think that he could do he could do better he's been very kind of outspoken about america's political environment and there's a lot more lyrics but those were the worst ones and they stick with me i think this was also the first kind of example where i kind of noticed that art cruises drumming is just on this song in particular it doesn't really add all that much to the kind of more basic feel of the song i think adler if he was in this you know, if he was still in the band, he would have, like, done something a bit more. Like, you know, he's usually getting mad kind of drum fills and he's doing kind of off kind of timing. Where Cruz is just like, do a blast beat and that's it. Yeah. He just doesn't, he's doing what he's basically been told, it seems, um, and not really kind of stepping outside of the, the sound of the song. He's basically, he's, he's basically like Jason Newstead in Metallica yeah, at the start. <laughs> Just do what we tell you, even if it's <laughs> eh. Um, <laughs> Checkmate for me is probably the worst song on the album. Uh, but maybe I don't know. Uh, so there's others. probably there might be something else for you. Um, <laughs> so like, what's what's your other highlights of this album? Because um, you're probably you're probably a better person to ask than me. <laughs> well, after Checkmate, it does. I think it does pick up a bit. Yeah. Um, but again, it's what I was going to say earlier was it does. It's almost exactly the same like the last album for me, Seven Durm and Strang or whatever it's called. Yeah. Where it's the case of like the first few tracks have like some absolute bangers that I still listen to, like um Still Echoes and another one I can't remember the name of right now. Members? Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's probably the one you're thinking of. But the one with Chino from Deftones is also really good. Painted Red, that's it. My hands are painted red. Ah, yeah. That, that I think they, play, awesome. they still play that live, don't they? Yes. Yeah. But it's kinda of got that issue where there's like so many good tracks, but then there's other tracks that are just like kinda of there and are unmemorable and this album does kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like um, because the next two tracks I think are great. Like Gears and Reality Bath are just they're bringing back that energy that the first couple of tracks maybe didn't quite have. Yeah. Like especially, especially Reality Bath throwing in some like thrash elements that appear now and again. Um, I've written down Reality Bath like to see the start where it's either the bass guitar or the guitar. It's got this kind of mm. low sound. It almost reminds me of Tool. It's got a kind of like lumbering kind of like proggy feel to it. Like yeah, if you listen to it, I don't know if I'm just being weird, but it did it remind me. It was just something I've never heard from Lamb of God before and I was like oh that's cool but then they kind of just forget about it again. I do like that that song just kind of it does pick up and it's got a bit of kick to it towards the end yeah. it probably is another probably one of the better ones. 
Gears as well, like you say, it's just it kind of goes full throttle. Like mm-hmm. what you want from that band is intensity, and that's yeah. what those two songs give you. Like as opposed to some of the other ones here, <laughs> trying to yeah. like. Oh, uh, I, can name, I can name them. Well, there's Resurrection Man, which is I think it's kind of half okay. It's like a yeah. five minute track, and I think it kind of picks up like the last two minutes with like with like the, it speeds up a bit. But the Stava just feels kind of slow and just there, and I can't just listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I've got that me. as well. It's kind of tries to go for some kind of groove like kind of slower groovy thing but yeah it just kind of uh-huh. drags to be honest until it gets to the kind of circle pit but yeah <laughs> I don't know, in the middle of the track i think it is so it just obviously I, picks up yeah and it's just too long i mean they could have just done that little bit as an intro like they did with the first song and then yeah. got into it but that's what it is um yeah. and even looking at my notes like um, i've even just got for the song i was like a board because for the song bloodshot eyes i just put fine i guess <laughs> i didn't actually write anything else yeah, yeah I, was just like, I wrote. Yeah, I wrote album. the song is a bit forgettable. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I think we're in agreement on that. And we've got two songs that have guest vocalists, mm-hmm. and they're back to back, which is again like you would think they would have spaced them out maybe a wee bit. But anyway, the first one is Poison Dream, which features Hatebreed's Jamie Jasta, and obviously the second one, which would be more in your kind of your cup of tea, <laughs> yes. is one uh, Roots with Testaments, Chuck Billy. Um, I'll go. With the f- go with Poison Dream first. This one was odd for me because, see, mm. honestly, if I hadn't looked at the at the track list, I wouldn't have noticed that Jamie Jasta was in it. Um, yeah. uh, this song is like instead of having the vocals like bounce off each other, they kind of just put them together, and then like Jamie Jasta has like a kind of short solo section, but mm. just kind of gets lost in the song. Like, I just it just feels like a wasted opportunity. Like, yeah. it doesn't really make that much of an impression, to be honest. It is another forgettable one for me. It's just one I didn't yeah. really write anything about. The only thing I kind of noted, I thought Randy's vocals on it were especially good. At least I think it was Randy. It could have been Jasta. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was prob- Randy. That's the problem with that <laughs> one. Like, I had to really listen hard and go, okay, that's definitely Jamie Jasta. But they just didn't do it enough that was different between the two vocal lines. Mm. Uh, and the song is just like a typical, slightly more swaggering song, but it just sounds like another Lamb of God song. You know? Yeah. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Like one. with the deaf tones, as in the one that Chino Moreno's on on Stum and Drang, they, they completely change the song when he comes on. It kind of goes all kind of atmospheric and kind of swirling and spacious, like, you know, like a deaf tones track. And mm-hmm. you go, okay. And then Chino's obviously really distinctive voice comes in. Whereas on this one, it's like, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Randy or Jamie? I think the second one with Chuck Billy is in Roots. I think you can't really make that assertion with that one yeah <laughs> it's uh, almost too much like testament <laughs> for yeah, me it's a, it's a very thrashy one yeah yeah it's just like they've just flicked a switch and just plugged in uh you know an 80s one of those jaggy guitars and just went okay thrash it must um, be like it must be like a requirement from like Chuck because he did the same way when they featured in Killswitch's track The Crownless King, where it's like the only song in the album that's like a total thrash song. So he yeah. must just like request that whenever he has to be featured in something. When I'm in the song, I have to write the song as well. <laughs> it wouldn't even it would surprise me to be honest. It does sound exactly like an eighties thrash song. And, then, with... and, yeah, and then his actual albums that comes out is just meh. So that's always fun. 
it is like to me this one sounds like a testament song with uh, Brandy on guest vocals rather than the other way around <laughs> and it was kind of like that Post Malone track at the end of the, was the album it's like <laughs> where did this come from uh, yeah like what do you think of this one like I've been really, I've been looking forward to asking because obviously you're really into your thrash and yeah <laughs> I, th- I thought this one could go either way it's just a fun thrash track to be honest and after like Poison Dream and Resurrection Man we're a bit disappointed kind of if we could just have a song to just like just kind of chill out and enjoy like it's not up to like the levels of like some of the previous tracks now like reality bath and that but yeah. it's still just a just a fun track to have on there to be honest yeah i mean that is probably one of the more different songs on it but yeah it breaks up the monotony it, a little bit yeah it just doesn't really sound like lama god though which is the problem mm. if they did just integrated the thrash sound with the lama god sound it would be like oh this is amazing but yeah it just <laughs> ends up for me being a bit meh i only get one song after this which is on the hook mm-hmm. the last song which it's like the heaviest song on the full album is it not yeah, yeah it did, <laughs> like, did say that a for me because it does almost go on like full death metal at points yeah, but i kind of like wrote, that as like a final track i wrote that as well it's very much like burn the priests kind of mm-hmm. uh, their early kind of roots i just wish there was more tracks like it like throughout the album like just replace something like this with poison dream and all that and you'd probably have something a bit more solid yeah i mean it feels like it's almost too late by that point like at least it saves that a little bit <laughs> at least, you know if they dethrone throw that song out maybe in the first couple of songs you'd be like that oh yes but it's kind of like fine (laughs) (laughs) just a last try yeah i was like okay but then it kind of closes with kind of like moody guitars again for me, like I say, if that first intro was at the end, I'd go, all right, okay, that makes sense. You've got the moody guitars, and then it goes into the kind of weird noises. But eh, honestly, for me, this just kind of this whole album is just another Lamb of God album. That honestly, the last few have not really excited me. There's been a couple of songs on the last few that I've enjoyed. This one, there has been, but not quite so much. Like, honestly, don't think I'll go back to much of this at all. Uh, the weird thing is that I do think they will be quite good live. I think, yeah, I think they'll yeah. be energetic and stuff, but I think I'm just don't really, I'm not really interested in Lamb of God anymore. Yeah, the, the last like, kind of majorly great album was Sacrament, and that was like 2006. And they've only yeah. released like four albums since then, but they've all just kind of been like kind of ranged from like meh to pretty good. But yeah. that's kind of been nothing like majorly good. I think there's been a few people that, think that this is amazing which fair enough they, they do probably just like this kind of music but mm. i think it has been a long time since lamb of gods have done anything truly memorable like good mm-hmm. i don't know they've had yeah. great tracks now and again it's kind of like food fighters but it's kind of like meh albums but some really good tracks to kind of keep you going yeah yeah <laughs> just, yeah. I like the album. Yeah. I think it's, I think it is a good album. I just think there's a few tracks that do let it down and ends up just being good when I was kind of hoping for great. So yeah, I mean, especially like, after a five kind of five year break, you're kind of yeah. hoping for something a bit more. I do think that obviously Chris Adler leaving the band has had a massive impact. Like you don't mm. just you don't just name an album Lamb of Gods after a member leaves for no reason. <laughs> like, but <laughs> you kind of hope that when you do that, that they're proved they've got something to prove and. It just doesn't really live up to that. Any day that's listened to this, if you like Oh My God, I can't see that you wouldn't like this, but... I just wouldn't expect it to be the best Lamb of God album or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's alright. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes it more disappointing when we've got like a month of like not much coming out and Lamb of God's like a major release and you're just yeah. hoping for something and it's just, yes, it's alright. Yeah, I mean, I think when we've had like, you know, albums from Trivium and even from mm-hmm. Bleed from Within that have just been so oh, much yeah. better than this, like, uh, just step it up. Uh, 
Anyway, um, we're on to the last album, which is one of my picks. It's called Close by Orms. I think that's how you say it. O-H-H-M-S. And it's on Holy Roar, which Holy Roar are just amazing. Uh, basically, anything that Holy Roar put, puts out, I'll at least check out or look into because they've just mm-hmm. been one of the best for hardcore, for kind of doomy, experimental metal, and, you know, employed to serve trying to think Conjurer around Holy Roar as well. There's nice. so many, it's hard to actually think, but yeah, um, speaking of Conjurer, <laughs> Oms, first of all, I should say this is the fifth album from the band, they're from Canterbury, and it follows on from 2018's Exist. This is the first one I've listened to, but after seeing that it was on Holy Roar and seeing it was a kind of dummy post-metal album, I was like, okay, this is definitely going on the list, and I'm really <laughs> glad that it did, because it does remind me of bands like Conjurer, even, but probably more so, Curses Metal Hands, which we both like that album, I know. Oh, yeah. just so like a gorgeous album and well gorgeous and also heavy are kind of really spacious and lush guitar lead lines that are just blissful <laughs> especially mm-hmm. the first the first song on that one i can't remember the name of it but yeah um curses my lads yeah oh yeah that one uh <laughs> also sound like bands like boss colloid and pelican so like kind of post-metal but yeah start off with Alive I don't know did you listen to this album? I did not know no um, I should have prepared that's fine <laughs> uh, I just thought when you said Alive I was like did you oh, just because I'm looking at it are you looking at it yeah that's fair um, you could help me when I, when I clearly forget the song titles yeah Alive is you know like the first song on Kirstie's Metal Hands album uh, whatever that one's called uh, it's just super you could bathe in the guitar tone it's just uh, just unfolds in such a like amazing way. It's even hard to put any words. But basically, yeah, alive is basically that. But um, over nine minutes, it kind of moves and it kind of adds layers to it over and over until the intensity builds. And then it just there's this recurring kind of riff that comes in at the start, very subtly, but it just gets heavier and heavier until it all just comes like crunching in. And then he starts screaming, or, or well, it's just like harsh vocals. It's just so good. It's like kind of doomy bluesy almost again kind of common theme with me um another common theme he kind of sounds like a shouty ozzy osborne yes. oddly enough but that the kind of that combined with the doomy post-metal expansive sound is just really nice to listen to post-metal is quite a difficult genre and doom can be quite difficult as well but when you've got kind of m- more melodic bluesy lines and ozzy osborne like vocals on it just mm-hmm. so easy to listen to and this one got two interesting instrumental tracks which i don't know what as we brackets this this month but you've got flaming youth and strange ways which have both round brackets and square brackets two instrumental tracks they're nice the second one sounds like it could be on like a like a soundtrack like a mm. kind of one of those kind of like crime tv shows like kind of as if something kind of ten, like tense is happening yeah but still kind of in the distance yeah it's nice but they're instrumental i think the other i think there's another three songs you've got revenge which is another kind of longer one this one reminded me of Baroness, and even at points like Mastodon and Conjurer. So you might like this one. Yeah, maybe uh, when I listen to it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's got a kind of hard, kind of hardcore feel to it, but also that just that doomy thing. You know, like what Conjurer do really well, where they just move from 
super heavy, almost like black metal into doom and into yeah, uh, melodic moments. Yeah, it's that, but with the kind of Aussie vocals. I think this is another like six or seven minute song, and it's just one to kind of just lose yourself in. Mm-hmm. I think you've got a strangely enough, you've got one which is called Silent, which is like I think it's only a couple of minutes long. On this album, it's kind of throwaway as a result. Like, it's good, it's fast. It's kind of like the most punky song you'll get on here. But falling on from, like, the long ones, you kind of just, eh. So it'll be good live, but it's not one to kind of lose yourself into. As soon as you put it on, it's practically over. Because by that point, you're on to the last song, which is called Unplugged, which thankfully it isn't unplugged. Although I do think they would do a good unplugged. It's just one heavy stuff. Kind of sounds like Death Heaven, really colossal sounding guitars, and that he's got a really throaty vocal line, which is just really nice. Uh, this one, I think it's another long one. Must be another kind of eight or nine minute one. Moves into kind of bluesy vocal lines. It gets some weird like jazzy bit in the middle of the song. Mm-hmm. Then the second third gets really heavy again, and then it goes soft and like atmospheric at the end again. So it just kind of goes all over the place, but it never sounds like it's going you know you know when like a band sometimes you just think just stay in the one place Mm -hmm. this band can really do it all and they do it really well honestly this album's really good the only thing that i want out of it is just a bit more it's Mm -hmm. only 30 minutes long and i think with the inclusion of the kind of two interludes it just feels like you need like at least one or two more songs Mm. I think, what was the album you said? Yeah, it's like, the same with Aldrin, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just, sometimes having a bit less of something is really good, but other times you just want a wee bit more. Yeah, I think, I don't know how many, I've not listened to the other albums, so I don't know how to compare it to them, but it's really good. Like, I think it'll be a grower as well. I think if I keep going back to it, it'll probably end up in my top 20. Not that there's much competition at the moment, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by how much I like it, but Holy Roar, I've just I've done it again, basically. I probably, you probably should listen to it too, but it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, like I say, it's only 30 minutes, so just mm. stick on and you know, I imagine that you'll at least like a few of the songs here. But yeah, I think that's that's everything for this month. If MD's listening, eh... <laughs> <laughs> I, like how I, say, I like how I say that, if anybody's listening. I think a few people did check out the last one, so that's that's reassuring. This one's a bit shorter too, so hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if uh, you've enjoyed this and want to check out any of the albums, we'll have all the bands linked below and let us know what you think of them and if you have any suggestions for next time, which hopefully we'll be doing another one of these quite soon. Just let us know. That's us for this month. See you guys. Bye.